You're listening to the Straight Shooting Radio Show on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the hosts of the show, Jason Selms and Mario Vladko. All right, guys, welcome back to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on AHP Digital. Thanks for joining me. Uh, and thank you all the people that uh, donate to the show. That's really appreciative. All the sponsors that sponsor the show and uh, want to be a part of it. Thank you very much to those guys too. And even the people that don't even write in. Hey, Muzz, the ones that uh, never actually send an email. They've been listening from day one. There's a lot of them, I'm guessing. And yep. uh, they just quietly, silently sit back and uh, enjoy the show, so to speak. Absolutely. We appreciate your listenership. Uh, keep on listening. Uh, and uh, we enjoy bringing you the Straight Shooting Podcast. Absolutely, mate. What's been happening? Uh, we always start off with you know the happenings of the week, or actually, it's just had the last month. Like we get so many emails and so many people ringing us up or talking to us, saying, "Hey, when's the next show? What's happening? Why are you guys being a bit lazy?" Uh, normally, it's Mario. It's not me because Mario's <laughs> got commitments and stuff like that. Uh, That's it. Lump it on um, me, Jason. Yeah, but Mario went hunting. We'll talk about that in a minute. I bought a new rifle. Muzz was giving me a bit of a grief a bit earlier. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't I, say it was grief, but you know, just having a bit of a laugh. Yeah, exactly. I, I, for a lot of you guys know, I shoot. Well, I did was shooting <laughs> a seven mil O eight a Tika T three light in with a blued barrel. Now, I've been probably I don't know hunting with I don't know better part of probably about three years. Yeah, and you know. I love the 7 mil 08. I think it's a fantastic caliber. Just 7 mil in general, I think it's a fantastic caliber. Very popular in New Zealand, very popular in America for white-tailed deer. Unfortunately, sort of just didn't really take off Muzz here in Australia. No, mainly because there's no white-tailed deer here, Jason. <laughs> well, you can shoot other deer, not just white-tailed deer, obviously. I know, but, mate. Um, I'm just having a bit of a chuckle anyway. Jason's uh, decided to part ways with his 7 mil 08, mainly because it wasn't getting in deer for him, so he decided to change to a free 08. But perhaps it might be the hunter, Jace. Yeah, I think it is the hunter. This hunter's no good. I mean, we went hunting with a friend uh, probably, what, three three months ago, and he got uh, two deer as well, so he's doing really well on his second trip, so that was mm. really good. But, you know, the reason I was, I mean, the, the components are a bit more expensive for the 7 mil. Finding brass can be expensive, so what I decided to do, I never thought I would actually join the the 308 club. Well. Um, but I decided to join the 308 club. I bought a Tika uh, T3 Superlight. Uh, through through a dealer over sort of Campbelltown way here in Sydney, and you know yeah I, I really enjoy it. I got a uh, AirTech limb saver pad on it. You know just I, I don't want to get a break on it or anything like that. I, I normally can shoot, especially with shotguns. When you're leaning into a shotgun, shotguns kick pretty hard if you're using like 36 gram loads. Now when I get down on a bench because I'm sort of tall and big, I just can't get down and it hits me shoulder and it just eventually I just have like four or five shots of like a 306 and I've just had enough because. I can't get down low enough on that bench to actually shoot it, so I'd, I prefer not to shoot off the bench that often. Look, Muzz is already shaking his head at me, thinking I'm a big girl. Oh yeah, what are you shooting? What, limb, 30, saver 30? For a, limb saver for a free. Yeah, hey, a lot of guys. <laughs> the guy weighs 120 kilo. He needs a limb saver. Fair yeah, but a lot of people, honestly, use uh, muzzle brakes on their 308s. What are you talking about? They really do. Look, Jason, you're just soft. All right. <laughs> all right, soft, all right, mate. fair enough. Listen, Far it's out. nice. I got the yeah, the the bolt shroud on there. Yeah, the, mm. I think it's the anodized bolt shroud. I got the oversized bolt handle, which I don't know if I'm going to use for hunting, but they're it looks quite nice. Right. Yeah, they're stainless steel, yeah. fluted Tika T3 Superlight and 308. I mean, can't really complain. And then I yeah, picked up, a, I picked up a stock too. I've got a, I've got a Tika T3 Hunter. Uh, that's probably the only gun I've had. Uh, since probably I got back into shooting that I've actually still got. So I think it's like seven, eight years old now. 
and still in fantastic condition. And I actually mm. got a stock off a guy on um, Facebook who was selling one, uh, $120. 150 shipped to Sydney. Haven't got it yet. Hopefully it comes on Monday. And I'm um, just going to swap out that wooden stock for a uh, Tika uh, polymer light yep. stock. So it's going to look quite nice. And I've got, I think I've got a VX2 Leopold 3 to 9 by 40 on that. So, yeah, no, I'm pretty happy. I might even get another 223 one day. Mars says to me the other day, well, what are you going to 223? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great bunny caliber, foxes. Long range, you know, shooting. I mean, some people even shoot, you know, deer, you know, close up deer, neck shooting. You know, I know a guy that you know, swears by it. No, well, well you know, I mean, it's good. I mean, I've got, I've got a nice seven six one five, you know, which is a, you know, in two two three. It's it's a it's a really nice looking gun, and you know, I'd never take it out. I just, you know, I bought it because I take it to the range every now and then and have a few shots with it, and it's really nice to to handle. I love the Remo, so um, yeah. But look, to be honest, uh, two two three for me is just not much of a hunting caliber. What do you mean they shoot foxes, uh, well, rabbits? I know, hairs. I know. I just look. I'm I mean, a, yeah, you're 22 for your rabbits, I'm probably. A, you know, I'm a shotgun and 30 cal man. I like to shoot my rabbits uh, and foxes with my shotty uh, and anything else with a 30 cal. That's it. Unbelievable! <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Uh, so Muzz, Muzz, going to tell you he went on a bit of a well, I wouldn't say it was a hunting trip. He started nah. to take his kids out and, and one of his son's friends and went yep. hunting and. Oh, more of just a, just a scouting trip, hunting trip. Tell them nah, about that. No, just a bit of camping, Jason. We just, uh, uh, as you know, the school holidays are on and the kids are just driving me insane. So uh, I just thought, you know what, I'm going to pack them all up and we'll take them to the local state forest. And I booked a hunting trip and um, didn't really uh, didn't really do much hunting, to be honest, because I was just busy around the campsite with the kids. And we had we had, we had some really good fun with had a uh, lit up a nice campfire. We uh, had some corn on the cob and some potatoes, and doing all the things that you like doing with children, you know, around a campsite it was fantastic. And um, didn't even really take the gun out that much because there wasn't really much game around when we drove around. So um, anyway, I had a great time. I had a really really great time. Kids enjoyed putting up a tent and just all the pleasures of uh, just being out in the, in the great outdoors, camping with uh, you know little kids. It was fantastic, Jay. So uh, I recommend. Uh, a lot of you guys, if you've got kids and everything, and you know, look, take them out. Take them out as much as you can. Take them camping. Take them fishing. Uh, you know, introduce them to uh, you know the great outdoors that, that we enjoy in this beautiful country of ours. Absolutely, and uh, a lot of people sent me a few emails regarding my last couple of shows, which is fantastic. The uh, Don Brooks self defense one was uh, quite popular amongst the people, Mars, as mm, was the uh, yeah. Chris Shortest one in regards to the Victorian police. And uh, his political views, so that was quite popular. And thanks for the emails. I mean, it was good to get the interview with Don Brooks, such a nice guy. Um, obviously, you know, we, he's gone through a lot of things that none of us could probably, you know, yeah. even begin to really imagine. So, you know, a lot of people enjoyed that. So, thanks very much for that. Yeah, Jason. I mean, I, I don't think many people appreciate the sort of stuff that you deliver on this podcast. I mean, you, you produce interviews that that no one else is going to. No one else is going to produce, and and these are really really good interviews, and um, that provide an insight into you know uh, the people's experiences that uh, you know no mainstream media is ever going to provide you. So, I take my hat off to you, Jason. You do a fantastic job, and I hope you uh, guys out there in the listenership uh, do appreciate it. Absolutely. What we're going to do now, I'm just going on some of the YouTube comments and we're just going to go through no sorry not youtube actually just say facebook comments just going to go through a few of the facebook comments now all right this one is from uh, gavin atkinson i'm sorry i haven't this is back from earlier this year uh, i did an interview on the lone star outdoors show which was a show uh, across texas went out to about 35 stations they interview a couple of people and i was on that show 
and I should put that link back on Facebook again. He says, hi, Jace. was running behind schedule on the Lone Star Outdoor Show podcast and listened to Cable's 21st of April episode just now. Uh, you were fantastic on it. Totally on message, knowledgeable, and you represented the culture in Australia well. Glad I could get you two hooked up. That's right. Gavin did get me hooked up. That's right. You should mention it on Straight Shooting next time with Mario. As always, keep up the great work, mate. Need to start listening to your election specials now. Cheers, Gavin. So, man, it's not a bad one. Oh, you're a bit slack, Jason. That was a while ago. Yeah, I know. Sorry, Gavin. I do apologise. I get Gavin. so many emails, and sometimes you just can't get to them all. There's just absolutely so many. It's, it's, it gets crazy. But uh, Gavin, thank you very much for your email. And uh, look, uh, for those of you that haven't heard that interview with Jason, maybe Jason one day put up a link and you can uh, listen to it. So, I mean, Jason's pretty popular overseas. They love him in the States. All right, next one we've got coming up is Scott from Scott. Uh, Scott Martin and he goes hey you guys <laughs> just wanted to drop you a quick line and say keep up the good work I recently got into shooting and hunting and found your podcast really great I love your views the way you guys aren't afraid to stand up for our rights um, he hunts with some certain people I'm not going to read that part out actually because after listening to you guys for the first time a few weeks ago I've signed up to hand out how to vote cards this weekend and would again like to thank you for all your guys hard work and what you do for us keep fighting and keep fighting for us so, uh, Scott, thank you very much. I just took one or two parts out there because he mentioned someone else, and I don't want to sort of, you know, yep. uh, you know, read out someone that's about someone else in regards to that. So, Scott, mate, thanks excellent. for that. And, excellent. And uh, really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, excellent. Good on you, Scott. Thank you very much for your email, and keep fighting the good fight. All right, another one is from Luke, uh, Luke Mumbersome. He says, G'day, guys. Firstly, great podcast. I've listened to a lot of your podcasts, and I'm looking more on the info of how to start hunting in state forests. I've got my gun license and look, also looking into my R license. I think we spoke about that before. Well, maybe we need to do, we keep saying, me and Muzz, that we are going to do a video when we're out hunting in a state forest because I, I like hunting in state forest. I think it's great to get out into, you know, to get pay for your game license, you know, 70 or $75 a year or whatever it is now to, you know, to get out and enjoy yourself. R license, you mean? Sorry, R license. Yep. My apologies. Uh, <laughs> I've gone crazy here. And, you know, we said about that. So basically, we, as, as you know, you've got to do the course. You've yep. got to uh, you know, sit one of the courses, obviously in firearms, dogs or bows or whichever method, obviously, you're planning on hunting with. You know, you, got, you have to be a member of an approved hunting organization. So, you know, double S, double A, or there's a lot of uh, organizations right now that are actually approved hunting organizations. So when you actually join up, ask them if they're an approved hunting organization. So you do your test. Uh, you're a member of your approved hunting organization. You go on the DPI website. Download the application, and uh, I think it takes a few weeks, and you can start hunting in state forests. I mean, I think there's over 400 state forests now in New South Wales. We've got people coming down from Queensland, I think, to that hunt in state forests. I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. If you get the opportunity, I mean, Mario's taken game in state forests at, at, over, the, over his time. Uh, there's been other people that have uh, hunted in state forests who have taken game in state forests as well. Uh, there have been some great deer, some great goats. You know, a lot of uh, uh, different uh, yeah. uh, species taken in state forests. I mean, again, you've got to do the work. But, I mean, there was actually even a good uh, video, and I should actually post that on my Facebook page, which I did three days ago. Alex Proft, who I've interviewed before, Profty, his name Profty, is. Yeah. He made a video on how to hunt in state forests, how to do the legwork, and it only came out just last week, uh, probably around the 1st of October, somewhere around there. Uh, so, again, I'll put that link on my Facebook. He shows you how to get in there, how to read Google Maps, you know, how to scout areas. And the fact is, you know, there's never any exchange to put in a bit of legwork on the legs. Mate, you've got to do the legwork, you know. Yeah. As Mud always said, yep. as Muzz has always said, you know, I've gone out there and people said, oh, come and hunt on my property, come and do this, come and do that, but not necessarily always guaranteed to get them. You've got to hunt them. 
I exactly. Mean, you know, it doesn't matter how easy they are. You've got to hunt them. It's just how it is. So yeah, I'd just like to uh, get a shout out to Alex Profty. Well, good on you, Profty, mate. You beat us to it, really. <laughs> me and Jason were talking no about need for us to do it now. <laughs> oh, no. Me and Jason were talking about doing a video like this for a while, but you know what? Just uh, we're so busy doing other things, and uh, you know, just average life get, gets to you sometimes, and you just don't have any time. So um, we we don't n- nearly get out as much as we'd like to. And uh, we we will definitely, hey, Jason, we're going to do a video one day and we'll put it up on YouTube. But uh, for those of you that haven't uh, gotten a nail license yet and haven't gone hunting in the state forest, guys, just get onto D- New South Wales DPI website. All the information is there. Uh, click on hunting. Follow the uh, instructions. And look, it's pretty easy. If you can get on the internet and you can read a website, I mean, you can get an nail license. It's that simple. So... Uh, don't be afraid to give it a go and mate you'll be surprised with all the tools that the DPI will give you that enables you to go to all the state forests around the state and hunt uh, it's you're going to think wow why haven't I done this before so look get into it um, get out there go hunting if you haven't gone uh, you haven't got an R license yet or if you've got some friends that have some uh, have a license but you don't just get into it um, don't wait don't procrastinate just uh, get on the website and get into it yeah and that's dpi.newsouthwales.gov.au forward slash hunting so if you want to get there have a listen to it jump on there uh, basically download all the applications do what yep. you need to do and mate you can be pretty much hunting you know it depends on where you are if you go to a gun show even sometimes like I think the shot expos and stuff like that in New South Wales you can do the testing there some local gun shops run it some of your organisations run you know the testing for those sort of things so again just ring around ring up the DPI find out where uh, you can actually do the testing and get out there and enjoy state forest hunting I mean some people have got some really great areas because they've done the work they've done the scouting and, mate, the, the rewards are there if you put the effort in. Absolutely. And for those Queensland listeners, guys, um, you still haven't got public land hunting up and going. What are you doing? Are you a member of a Queensland hunting club? Um, if so, speak to your uh, president. Uh, go to the meetings. Let them know that you guys want to put a case together and go and see the environment minister. Get a couple of hunting clubs together and put a case together, get all the information that's already available and existing from Victoria and New South Wales and all you know other parts around the world. Go and set up a meeting with the Environment Minister and tell them all the benefits about public land hunting. So, you know, you guys have got to do the legwork as well so we can get public land hunting up in Queensland. And I've, I've, I receive a lot of information about this, Jason, on Facebook all the time. I have conversations with people um, on Facebook and... Um, you know, like my reply really is simply like this. I mean, ask yourself the question, have Queensland hunting clubs come together and ask for a meeting with the Queensland Environment Minister? Uh, have they asked and lobbied and pushed the case for public land hunting? Have they gathered the info about the successful examples in New South Wales and Victoria? I mean, this is the stuff that I say uh, to everyone, and, and this is what people need to do. Uh, it's just not going to happen, you know, by you sitting on your bum doing nothing. It's going to happen by you actually being active and uh, willing, uh, wanting to participate and actually make a difference. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it for you Queenslanders. Come on, you, got, you, got, you can do it. You've got to get together and do it. Yeah, if you want to know who it is, I just looked it up. Stephen Miles, Queensland Minister for the Environment and Heritage and Protection uh, of National Parks, etc., and the Great Barrier Reef. Dr. Stephen Miles is the Minister yet for the Environment, Heritage and Protection of all those areas. So, again, that's who you need to write to. Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N, Miles. That's it. So, all right, guys, we have some iTunes comments. Always like to read out the iTunes comment, and we've got some pretty good topics coming up on today's show I think is really important. 
We always play the good ones, don't we, Mars? We always play the bad ones. Sometimes we wait for the bad ones or the you know good. Listen, there's two dips of different types of criticism, right? Yep. There's being friendly and offering honest criticism, and there's, there's just rudeness and disrespect. <laughs> two different types. So we're going to address some of them uh, today and some of the emails as well, which is absolutely hey, but fantastic. Jason, but Jason, we welcome all. We welcome, welcome all. Well, welcome them all. You know, we thought it's a good thing. We don't, we don't really uh, get that much uh, bad, no. bad email. So, I mean, Surprisingly, it's, it's a small yeah. percentage. Small, small percentage. percentage. The vast majority good. Uh, yeah, most people are fantastic. All right, Bouts70, B-O-U-T-S, Bouts70, August 26, 2016. Five stars. Learning so much about how to defend firearms when I hear ridiculous comments. Some people actually listen when confronted with logical arguments. Keep up. Fantastic work That was from Bouts Oh Bouts Thanks very much Bouts mate Bouts 70 I hope Keep I got listening. that right I always use these Interesting uh, <laughs> usernames I'm not even sure If I'm even getting them Right sometimes Okay this one is This one we're probably Going to discuss uh, A bit more at length uh, Interesting iTunes comment Three stars 4th of October 2016 Early episodes are great With a range of Hunting and shooting stories Jason does a great job to engage shooters in becoming more active, defending their sport and recreation. Later episodes have balanced, have changed to firearms, current affairs, soapbox between two guys that hunt. Well, okay, yeah, we are two guys that hunt. Yeah. And the show becomes less about the interviewee story and more about whether they agree with the host's political views. Episode 122, Muzz did a great job on 2UE. He was very articulate and put some good points uh, very well. But that was the last episode for me, and I have listened from episode one. Three stars for the early days. Thanks for encouraging shooters to become more active, which we need to be. But just because someone has a differing view to you does not make them apathetic. Uh, I'm not sure why he's sort of saying that Muzz you know, did a great job on 2UE, but that was the last time he's going to listen to the show. So I'm not sure which issue. And someone said to me last week, Muzz, too, like, oh, it's, yeah. A lot of politics. Mm. You call yourself the Australian Hunting Podcast. I mean, when I labelled it the Australian Hunting Podcast, it wasn't specific. I never had the intention ever to just be a hunting podcast. That was never the case. I've been doing political interviews since we first started. Yeah. I think it was episode four with Robert Borzak from the Shooters and Fishers Party. I had uh, the Honourable, I can't even remember his name, uh, David Hawker, Mm. uh, who was down there in the 1996 Firearms Consultative Committee. I did John Tingle from the Shooters Party for episode 12. I mean, we've been doing politics from all the way through. Um, And at no stage, I want to be clear on that, uh, that just because people differentiate or differentiate views from me, that they're apathetic. I've never said that whatsoever. To me, apathetic people are the ones that will, like I saw two guys the other day fighting on Facebook about an issue. Now, I know I know one of them. I've only met them once, but I know that person doesn't write to their local member yeah. or their local minister. These two guys spent the better part of three days right fighting each other. Yeah. And I'm like, what's the point of this, guys? How about you spend that time writing to your ministers and local members? I get so many people from this show um, that send me uh, pictures of 20 letters they sent to their local uh, their local politicians yeah, or right. their federal politicians or the prime minister i get these all the time like i said so they're not the apathetic people i'm talking about and i totally uh, uh disagree that you know I've, people that differentiate their views from me are apathetic not at all uh I just, I just have a right if someone is going to put out those opinions that i disagree with i have a right to 
respond uh, respond to those opinions. And if they don't like it, which sometimes what happens is yep. with our commentary, well, don't get in the media. Stop saying them then, really. Well, the other thing is too, Jason, I mean, what makes someone, I guess, apathetic is that someone who has a strong opinion but would never actually write to their local member. Or I would, know a lot of know, people like that. I know, or, you know. Would never bother to actually uh, do something constructive about it. So, you know, and like just like the last election, like for example, I mean, we counted the votes. I mean, there's a good half a million gun owners that didn't vote pro-gun. This is a problem. So this is why myself and Jason continue uh, this show and continue it in this format because I think it's very important to get those 500,000-odd that didn't vote pro-gun to get them interested and to get them caring about our our rights, our freedoms in this country that we have that we are rapidly losing. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I mean, yeah, we are, I mean, I agree. We are just a couple of hunters. I mean, I'm not sure why that doesn't or does yeah. not give us credibility. I mean, yeah. do I need to be you know, a politician? Do I need to be someone on $300,000 a year for you to take me seriously? I don't know. I don't know what that sort of comment actually means. I mean, either way, you're not going to get paid for doing this show. No, <laughs> we, we, we get that's nothing. The thing. People get, think you get paid. I mean, we get a little bit of money from our sponsors to enjoy what we do, to upgrade equipment, to buy the microphones, Mars yep. is talking on now. And this is what I like when I've been involved in conversations where things move very slowly in regards to our organisations is that sometimes I get frustrated with certain yeah. things. But the great part about this show is I don't have to do that. I can say pretty much, as long as I'm not liable or slandering someone, mm. I can pretty much say what I like. And this is fantastic. But this is free, free speech. I mean, this is engaging people in conversation, Yeah. right? And, yep. and this is what we need to do. More people need to speak out. Uh, about things that they feel very strongly about, uh, and you know what, and and but you, you've got to be prepared for people to, have to say something back as well, and then engage in a conversation. Yeah, some I mean some people that you know, one I don't get many emails. Some people don't like the straight shooting, whereas other people they're constantly emailing. When's the straight shooting coming? Yeah, out? when's that coming? That, they out? have withdrawals. They're having withdrawals <laughs> about when we're actually going to bring out the next show, which but, we do whatever we can to get them out. But in saying that, Jace, I mean, this show provides so much variety for the average hunter out there. You've got the hunt, catch and cook. Uh, you've got the um, uh, no, so you've got the everyday the every, hunter. Everyday hunter. Um, you know, you've got interviews with people who are really good in, in their uh, in their field. Like for example, long range shooting, uh, those sort of things. I mean, you you have covered literally uh, every aspect of uh, gun ownership, shooting, hunting, and gun sports that I can think of. So I, you know, I, I, we try to do our best to bring you the best kind of. Um, uh, coverage, I guess, uh, for the Australian Hunting Podcast. But straight shooting is just one aspect of the show. It's not the show. Yeah, and it's and it's difficult sometimes too because how much hunting can I actually do? There's only so many species I can do in Australia before I, you know, before I start going overseas, which I've done a lot. We've done people from New Zealand, America. We've done Canada. I mean, we've done all across the water. I mean, if I, I mean, if I ended ended this tomorrow, I'd be extremely proud of what I've achieved in 130 episodes. Well, 130 as of tonight when I release my next show. Yep. But you know, I really can't. You know, I'm happy with what I've done. I mean, you have to talk about politics. If we don't have our firearms, we're not going to be going hunting. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, guns and politics go hand in hand. And I can just say, I can just tell you right now. Okay, I've known Jason for a couple of years now, and and I can tell you oh, that the amount of work this guy puts into the show is unbelievable. There, I, there is no way anyone who has a ordinary life, ordinary job, and you know things to do in an everyday situation like everyone else does that takes up virtually 90% of your time, there is no way anyone is going to be able to create this sort of show having a lifestyle like that. I can tell you right now, if Jason wasn't working, if he was getting paid to do this show, he was getting paid decent money to do this show, this show would be one of the best hunting podcasts in the world. What do you mean? It is now. Well, (laughs) it uh, probably is, but I can tell you right now, this guy would put in 
so much work into this show, and I can tell you to bring you content that no one else can bring. And when we, we and some all, of the interviews we've done, or I've done, or both of us have done, sort of you know in conjunction of since Mario's been on board. I mean, no one's been able to get these interviews. They, some no. of these people won't even talk to our large organisations. No, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you know, all, all the power to you, Jason. I mean, look, we appreciate your your comments, guys, and you know, we we really like to respond to those comments, and it's fantastic. And I hope, um, what's his name again, Jason? If you can just bring that um, his up. His name was oh, he signed off with JC, but it's uh, well, JC. Look, I, I really hope Countermad, you change, I, I really hope you continue listening and, to, and hope you continue enjoying the show. Yep, thank you very, very much uh, for those iTunes comments. Want to give a bit of a shout out because he's I know he's had some. Uh, Things going on recently, but Glenn Roberts, uh, he, we did an interview for long range shooting with Glenn Roberts, uh, probably quite a while ago and, uh, trying to get Glenn back on the show, but I want to give him a, a, a bit of a free plug for Precision Shooting Australia. If you want to check out, uh, the website, it's precision only. Dot com precision only one word dot com uh, if you want to get long range shooting you want to learn how to get the best out of your rifle the mm. best out of your scopes the best out of reloading uh, do one of his course I know a lot of people have done them and uh, absolutely rave about Glenn's courses um, so if you want to join him and he does them all over the country uh, you know just book in go to the website you can book in and you can learn how to get the best out of your rifle. So again, precisiononly.com, Glenn Roberts. Uh, check out one of our previous shows uh, where we talked about long-range shooting. All right, we've got uh, an email from Darren. He goes, hi, boys. What are they doing about appearance laws in New South Wales? It seems we aren't repealing any of these issues. Uh, is this Parliament or the Registry making these decisions? Cheers, Darren. Yeah, Darren, thanks for your email. Well, I mean, this is an ongoing criticism of mine, really, because uh, a lot of our representatives, that aren't, they aren't focusing on, on pro-gun issues, you know, gun rights. Uh, these, some of these ridiculous laws that, uh, you know, appearance, you know, if, if your gun is a little bit too black or it's got a particular kind of stock, it makes it a little bit more dangerous, you know, so, we, you know, we need to clamp down on them. I mean, I'm seriously, I mean, it's unbelievable who makes up this stuff, and um, it's more about just, you know, Thought control, you know, they don't want they don't want you to looking like uh, looking like one of those, uh, I guess, um, you know, um, military type appearance uh, rifles, and it's just rubbish. It's complete rubbish. Look, Darren, I, I, very, I sympathise with you. The people that make up this stuff is the police and uh, I guess the, um, the firearms registry. And um, uh, you know, how, what do we do about it? Okay, so, so what do we do about it? Well, there's two things you can do. You can constantly. Um, Email your representatives, your local local member of parliament, uh, your pro-gun parties, whether it be the Shooters and Fishers Party or um, Liberal Democrats, uh, depending where you are, uh, and constantly bring up this issue and uh, continue to uh, go on about it. That's all you can really do. You can just uh, uh, put up your case for it, uh, let them know why it's ridiculous, and let them know that you want it repealed. To the police minister, you can write to the police minister and the premier as well. I'm sure it's not going to be a very high on their priority list to, in terms of you know things to do for the state, but uh, it should be very high on the priority list of our pro-gun representatives. Um, I haven't seen many changes in New South Wales regarding all these appearance laws well, in the last 20 years, Jason. Uh, I think it's no. pretty much been the same. So, And then O'Farrell thrust on us, the ammunitions bill as well, well certainly yeah. doesn't help. Look, uh, all we can do is we can just, we just got to get involved, and this is the whole purpose of the show, and this is probably why you listen, Darren, because um, we need more people to be active on the ground. I mean, five hundred thousand people out of one million gun owners did not vote pro gun last election. I mean, what does that tell you? 
what does that tell you? I mean, people are just not doing enough. And uh, out of all the people that are on social media and commenting about these things, uh, how many of them do actually uh, take the time to uh, write to their local representatives and actually set up a meeting maybe? And I've been talking about this before to Jason in a lot of previous shows. Get a couple of friends together in your local uh, electorate and go meet the local member. Talk about these things. Have a list of things you want to talk about. Have a list of things that are important to you. A face-to-face meeting will actually go a long way. So these are the things that we can do to make changes. And I'm just recently, Jason, I mean, I'm, I, was at, I was at actually at the EB Games Expo with my son and his friends. I took him. I, Sounds like Geek Central. Yeah, Don't was. get me wrong. I play a bit of Call of Duty on the Xbox myself with a mate was. from work and, every, and, every two, three days. I'll just refer in, in reference to this email as well. Um, and I went there and uh, I was speaking to one of, the, one of the blokes who does paintball because the, a lot of the guys were trying to sign up with a lot of the kids to uh, get involved in paintball. And what he said to me was just, just gobsmacked me because it's the first time I found out. Apparently, the legal age to participate in paintball in Canberra is eight. Eight. Eight years old, which is fine. I've got no problem with that. I think it's perfectly okay. But in New South Wales, it's 16. I mean, think about this. Think about how ridiculous this is. If you're in Canberra and you want to participate in paintball, you can get your 10-year-old son to go participate and have a great time. But if you're in New South Wales, you're not allowed. Um, and, and, and you know what? It, it'd be different if the age gap was very close, but it's a massive gap. It's an eight-year gap. Like, you know, eight and 16. I mean, this is just shows you the ridiculousness of our laws and how they work. And the only way we're going to get a change if enough people get together and meet your local members. I mean, Reece, I mean, we had a bureaucrat, Jason, federal bureaucrat for years that was holding up, um, holding up rated R games from being sold in Australia. I mean, just because he didn't like it. It's just his own personal opinion. Never mind rest of us adults that want to have access to this stuff. You know what I mean? He just didn't like it. I remember I mean, that when they did this years ago with um, it's just ridiculous. Grand Theft Auto, wasn't oh. it? Was, you know, it's just unbelievable, were, mate. It's just the violence was crazy. Yeah. And quite often, sometimes <laughs> it's just it's just some pen pushing bureaucrat, you know, with a chip on his shoulder, who's holding the reins, and it's just ridiculous. But the only way this is going to change, if we if we stand, you know, if we, if we just basically arc up and and, and start talking about it, start um, meeting our local reps, like I said, and uh, being organised and bring your material with you, th- things that you're going to discuss with your local member. And be able to pass that information on to your local member, so that hopefully one day maybe we can make some changes. Well, we've got an, we've got an email which I should turn into a voicemail from Peter. Now, Peter donated the show. Peter, thanks very much. I'm glad you enjoyed the show. So, Peter had a question about uh, infrared scopes and mm. those types of things. So, let's uh, hear what Peter let's, had to say. Let's play it. Hi, hi, Jason Mario. Fantastic show. I've heard most of your podcasts, and yeah, love them. I don't like having other people in the car because I like to just listen to them. I'd like to, I'm not sure if you've had any information on uh, infrared scopes and night vision scopes, um, that kind of dark scopes for looking um, for animals or with binos. So it'd be great if you could have a review on those on on a future podcast. That would be fantastic. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Pete, I was talking to some people about getting into... Uh, some infrared scopes, those types of things, night vision. Mm. So I don't have it with right now, but what I'm going to do in the future, I am probably in the next, say, two to three months, I'm trying to tee up someone now with experience 
and I am actually talking to someone now about doing a show uh, about those products. So, I mean, mate, mate, stay tuned. Uh, we are going to have on the show because I think those things are really important. I know, I know in England, I see the guys in England, a couple of guys on the Tika page, uh, Tika and Seiko page, are actually using them when they actually go hunting for rabbits in the UK. They've got properties they access to, and they're using a lot of the uh, night shooting to shoot rabbits. So they're not using any lights at all. They're just using the infrared stuff. So definitely a very interesting topic, mate, that's for sure. I know a lot of people will be interested in that. So, mate, yeah, fantastic. Hopefully that will you'll enjoy that when it comes out. Yeah, um, absolutely, Peter. Thanks very much for your voicemail. Um, look, I don't have any experience with the uh, night vision and infrared scopes, and mainly because I just look at the price tag and I think, Jesus. <laughs> so... You know, they're very expensive and I would, very expensive. I would love to get into it, I'll be honest with you. I'd love to get into it and, and, and see what it's all about. But uh, look, we're going to definitely do some work on that. Jason uh, will be lining up some material on that, so keep listening, mate. Would you like to advertise on one of the most tech-savvy mediums on the internet? Then why don't you advertise with us on the Australian Hunting Podcast? If you have a product or business that you would like to promote, then we would love to hear from you. Become one of our partner advertisers by calling Jason on 0425 881 967 or email australianhuntingpodcast at gmail.com. Looking for a big weekend? Australia's biggest sport shooting event, the SSAA Shot Expo, is coming to Perth. There'll be hunting gear, knives and optics from all the big names, safety seminars and workshops by leading experts, pest control solutions for farmers, over 100 displays, one location. The SSAA Shot Expo just keeps getting bigger. Claremont Showgrounds, Perth, October 22nd and 23rd. Supported by Swarovski, Winchester and ATM Night Vision. Book online or pay on the day. Visit shotexpo.com.au. Yeah, uh, one of my regular listeners, Barry. Now, this is an interesting one from Barry. I, <laughs> I think he, he, he's a bit keen for me getting into the upper house, but I, I, I'm not sure you know, about politics, mate. But he goes, hi, Jason, just finished listening to the above interview, which was my interview with Don Brook about, Don Brooke, so, yeah. Yeah, about self-defense. He goes, what a genuine bloke, and you're continually improving at your interviewing. I assume you haven't had any media training. Well, most people can tell I haven't, <laughs> haven't had any media training. But you, what, you can't tell? You can't tell? <laughs> uh, you showed empathy, compassion, and I believe if you continue, there's no reason why you should not take it further into a full-time job, maybe even upper house MP, question mark. Uh, I don't agree with everything you say. Most I do, but that's not what this is about. Congratulations. On another note, I've made up a list uh, from memory of people or companies who I won't deal with. Not sure what you can do with it. Uh, I have it on my wall just to remind me about people who I don't want to deal with. Uh, I do it when another ante arises. So obviously, he's got a little spreadsheet that he gave me. Now, right. this is obviously companies. This uh, One of them on there was uh, Under Armour, for example. Oh, yes. uh, you know, when they had the, I think it was the husband-wife couple, uh, the husband speared a bear. There was outrage. Now, Under Armour dropped the wife yeah, the of the husband. Uh, yeah. she, she was the one with the... Well, she had to deal with them. Yeah, she had to deal with them, and they dumped her because of his hunting. Now, I often hear these aunties say, well, why are you using a firearm? Why don't you use a spear? When yeah. they do... Yeah, be a real man. Yeah. Take them on. <laughs> hand-to-hand combat. And like, then, I mean, and they then, say stupid stuff like that. <laughs> but then when you do, <laughs> exactly, right, they, they're outraged. <laughs> They are outraged by someone using a spear. I know. Unbelievable. You can it's, never please these people, can you? It's unbelievable, but, but what can you do? Barry, mate, thanks for your, your very, very kind uh, email. I know you're one of my great long-term listeners, so, mate, thank you very, very much and do appreciate that uh, kind email. Good on you, Barry. All right, guys, next one we want to talk about really quickly. 
very important one, uh, which you know, could affect our hunting in the future. Now, not really hunting or shooting related, but you yep. know, an important topic to talk about, we'll spend about five to ten minutes on it, uh, is the Greyhound Racing Band. Now, whether you like Greyhound Racing or not, not really coming into the issue of what we're going to discuss on this show today. But, you know, do I, does me and Mario care about Greyhound Racing? No, I, I honestly couldn't really care about Greyhound Racing. I haven't bet on Greyhound Racing for the better part of about 10 years. But what I do care about, and I think Mario does as well, is justice. That a lot of people, uh, Mike Baird, unfortunately, the Teflon has mm. really gone from Mike Baird and Troy Grant. They're under heavy and intense scrutiny by not only their own party. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. And, the, and this will go into the Orange by-election too with our only pro-gun party, Phil Donato, running in the Orange by-election. Yep, from Shooters and Fish and the Farmers. This is gonna, we need to set a strong message uh, in that Orange by-election against the Nationals. I think they'll hold it by 22.4 or 22.8%, which is yep. quite, quite, quite a decent margin. It's this whole thing about greyhound racing and Mike Baird basically, I won't say being in bed with the Animal Justice Party's Mark Pearson, but this goes to show that Mark Pearson, in less than what, about a year and a half of politics, yeah. has bought an industry worth $550 million to its knees. Yep. Right, One person in Parliament, one upper house MP in New South Wales, has brought Greyhound Racing to its knees. Oh, I think they've got two, haven't they, Jace? No, just one. Just one, Mark, just okay. one, yep. Mark Pearson. Now, the worst part of it was that uh, people like Katrina Hodgkinson, the former Department of Primary Industries uh, minister there, now, she voted against the bill. So did two other uh, national MPs. Well, there's a, lot of, uh, there's a, a couple of nationals that have got a lot of guts. They've crossed the floor, and, and they basically lost their jobs, Jace. Basically, they lost their parliamentary secretary role. So you're talking overnight. But not their dignity and their pride. Exactly. And they're supposed to be representing their constituents, their rural constituents. I mean, Troy Grant should absolutely hang his head in shame. The fact that he has constituents out in his area of Dubbo that uh, their livelihoods depend on greyhound racing. We're talking about people potentially committing suicide. We're talking about businesses. Yep, going under. Properties that are now worth nothing or will now be worth half of what they're worth without their greyhound registration. It's a greyhound breeding property, etc. I mean, it's just an absolutely shameful act from Mike Baird. Uh, This, again, the Teflon has totally gone from Mike Baird. Uh, I'm just disgusted with this government that, you know, and I don't care about greyhound racing. Most people probably don't. But what I care about is fair and justice. I care about families. I care about people that are going to be severely affected by the actions of basically a few people that did the wrong thing. Well, look, Jason. But hang, can I say one more yep, thing? Shooters yep. are out there saying, "Oh, yeah." So I see some shooters; they're happy. Greyhound oh, yeah. races. Do they not understand how this is like? Exactly like nineteen ninety six. One yeah. person did something stupid. Yep. We all paying for it. And then, do you think in New South Wales, Mark Pearson? Someone laughed at mm. me when I said it on Facebook uh, about three, about two months ago, maybe six weeks ago, about public land hunting. If he's willing to wipe out a $550 million industry that employs people, thousands of people, right? Wipe out their, their properties to be worth less than half of what they're worth. Why would he not wipe out hunting? Because simply, he'll just say it's about animal welfare and he could potentially you know, ban public land hunting. In, in, you know, Mark Pearson in the upper house of New South Wales, this could have a huge bearing on what's going to happen. I mean, you know, we, we go hunting, I guess, yeah, to help conservation, but we go because we enjoy it. Yep. Mike B doesn't care that we don't we enjoy hunting. He couldn't give two, two hoots about that, yep. you know? 
I just think you know, Troy Grant has really disgraced himself in regards to this issue. Mike Baird's disgraced himself in regards to this issue. It's good to see guys like you know, Paul Murray live that are really, you know, I mean, even Ray Hadley, not a big fan of Ray Hadley, but Ray Hadley's been Oh, absolute- Ray Hadley and Alan Jones, Jones. have been absolutely oh. giving them bollocking about it. Also, Huge too, Jason. Bollocking. Also, too, Jason, I must have, uh, I really must say, I have extremely high praise for Robert Borsak. He has been on the front foot of this issue from day dot and he has been interviewed by Alan Jones and Ray Hadley and he has uh, really done a fantastic job in defending the people that are going to be affected by Greyhound Racing, uh, the Greyhound Racing band and uh, mate, honestly, I, I cannot have a higher praise, I just wish he was that strong on gun rights, uh, he's just done an absolute cracker of a job and I sincerely hope that uh, the Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Party do well in Orange and this will be their best opportunity I think ever Jason, to grab a lower house seat uh, in Orange. Uh, and if they can pull it off, uh, it'll be a fantastic win. So we certainly hope they can. And all you guys in Orange who are barracking for the Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Party, uh, get out there. Make sure you get out there how to vote cards and um, make sure you help out the party uh, with the votes. Now, Jason, I just want to also comment, right? Um, now, you're talking about the Animal Justice Party. Look, I really don't believe, this is just my personal opinion, I don't believe it's got anything to do with animal welfare or animal rights so why whatsoever. Is he doing it then? This is pure and simple a land grab. He wants to get all the greyhound uh, racing tracks around New South Wales so he can sell it to developers and primarily Wentworth Park, Jason. You know, it's worth a mozza. God knows how many. It could be worth several billion dollars, that um, you know, piece of real estate there. So I can guarantee you there is no way, there's no way that Mike Baird has all of a sudden uh, become an animal lover overnight. Uh, it's just, I just don't buy it. I don't buy it for one second. This is pure and simple, a real, yeah, yeah, a yeah, real yeah. estate land grab, and he's absolutely well, we got no evidence the, to say that it's a land well, grab yet. You this is my opinion. Well, this is my opinion. Well, this is what's happening. And I've also heard other people say on, on Talkback Radio that he's already uh, met with people to be uh, developers to sell Wentworth Park. So, look, these are things that I'm hearing on radio and I'm pretty much from day one when I heard about this, I knew straight away there was a di- there's a different agenda to this. And it's pure and simple. He's destroying an industry so that he can get his hands on some of the uh, prime real estate that is the Greyhound racing tracks around New South Wales. Now, Jason, the reason why we are talking about this... One okay? second, David. What's going to make a real difference in New South Wales and in Orange yep. is what the people decide to do. Now, yes. if, if the Nationals get back in, mate, we deserve what we get. If people are stupid enough to vote for the Nationals at this election, the Orange by-election, we deserve what we get. Muzz was talking to me about this the other day on the phone. You know, if, if they vote for them, we deserve what we get, and we deserve to be reamed if people are going to again vote the Nationals back into Parliament uh, based on that. Um, I think, you know, again, Troy, Brent, Troy Grant knows... Troy uh, Grant, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Troy Grant knows he's on a very, very slippery slope. I think Mike Baird does... I'm just hoping sometime towards the end of next year or the end of also yeah early this year early next year that they just wipe this greyhound racing ban. Um, like I said, it's not about greyhounds. It's not about any of that. It's about justice, people's families. I mean, same thing. He can wipe out public land hunting. I just don't want to see that happen. Well, like I said, Jason, the reason why we're talking about this uh, particular issue, it just goes to show you how quickly, with the stroke of a pen, your life can be turned upside down, and the people in the greyhound industry. Uh, feel like that a hurricane's gone through their their house. That's what they feel like. They feel like they just their life has been absolutely turned inside out. One day they're happily breeding greyhounds and taking them to race race tracks. Next day 
they're looking, you know, they're thinking about their future. They just thinking, lost, you know, half a million what, dollars worth what, of real estate. What on earth are they going to do? So, and this just shows you the abuse, the the sheer abuse that government and, cont- and contempt. Exa- well, exactly for the, people. The sheer abuse and uh, that government uh, can be used against the people and to abuse their way of life, abuse their. Um, I guess the things that they love and just completely destroy them and this can easily happen to us and I just want that to be a reminder to everyone why it's so important to become active and um, and just make sure that nothing like this can ever happen to uh, our recreation, our gun ownership and our gun rights. Yeah, and just quickly what we're going to do, Muzz was on um, 2UE with Clinton Maynard, yeah. absolutely pumping Mike Baird. Uh, oh, well, look, I've been, I've been on the radio several times, Jace, and uh, we, we don't have time to play all the clips, but look, yeah. we'll play we're gonna, some. We're going to play one in particular. Yeah. This is when Muzz was on uh, 2UE with Clinton Maynard. So this is in regards to the uh, Greyhound Racing Band. So have a listen to what Mario had to say. The wrong thing. Thank you so much for your call, Andrea. Hello, Mario. Yeah, g'day, yeah, Clinton. Yeah. Thanks for taking my call. It's a pleasure, mate. Mate, just regarding the Greyhound racing, and I called you, I called you about this, I think, several weeks ago, and I told yeah. you then that this deal absolutely stinks. And now let me tell you, Mike Bed should not be in Parliament, neither should Troy Grant. They, they should be in a prison cell. This is corruption of the highest order. It's well, got that's, nothing so that, to that's, do. Pre- that's pretty extreme, Mario. It's saying not extreme, they are corrupt, Clinton. They are nothing. using the There have been no system. corruption allegations against them made yet. Now, there are suspicions that they're being driven by particular interests, but, but there's been no, no evidence to suggest that yet, Mario. Well, Clinton, when you stand up and say to the people of New South Wales, oh, we're going to shut down greyhound industry because of animal cruelty... And when it's really got nothing to do with animal cruelty, you are deceiving the public. Well, you are lying to the public. Why do you got nothing to do with animal cruelty? He is using a report that would never stand up in a court of law, and that is why he needs to pass this emergency legislation. And mind you, Clinton, if I may declare, I've got absolutely no interest in animal greyhounds or, or, yeah. or racing, or I've never owned one. I've never even bet on them. But let me tell you, I, I, do, I do value our system and our laws and, and justice. And Mike Baird is a crook. He's using this to gain uh, favour from the Animal Justice Party so he can sell all the uh, prime real estate that, that current greyhound... Well, Mario, I, mean, I, I, I am not, I'm not really for or against the, the animal, uh, the, the, the sale of the industry, because I, I'm at that position where I feel that the industry has brought the measures on itself in terms of the government reacting this way. But I also see the view that it, the government is acting too rashly. But to say that they're, they're crooked, I think that's wrong, Mario. I, I don't think that they're going to sell off all these greyhound tracks to developers because if they do, they'll be thrown into parliament because Mike Baird has made it so clear that's not the objective, that it will be kept Clinton, for public use. Clinton, so I think that's a bit extreme. Clinton, when you lie, when you stand up and you lie to the people of New South Wales, that is crooked. Any way you look at it, that is crooked. And it's pretty much clear that he has done that because there is absolutely no uh, guarantee in the legislation that they will not sell off the land to developers, as already uh, pointed out by Robert Borsak from the Shooters and Fishers Party. This Tell me this, Mario, very quickly, will this bring down the bad government in uh, three years' time? It absolutely should. I will, I will not be voting for him. In fact, I'll do my hardest to make sure I get as many people to vote against him. Anyone who, whether you like animals or not, whether, whether you value animal rights or whatever it might be, anyone who is for justice, uh, who is for fairness, who is uh, for our process to be uh, not trampled on by premiers, and mind you, this is a premier that would make Kim Jong-il proud, let me tell you. He's, a, <laughs> he's an absolute, he is a dictator. A lot of people will agree with you. Thank he, you, Tom. He is a dictator and minutes to go. Clinton Maynard. Well, you just heard uh, Mar- <laughs> Mars there. <laughs>
Oh, uh, look, you gave I, him a bollocking. I, I did. I gave him a bollocking. I mean, this guy, this guy is a dictator and he needs to be called out as one. I mean, seriously. Um, look, uh, everyone in Orange needs to get behind the Shooters and Fishers and Farmers Party to make sure that we can get rid of Troy Grant, to make sure that we can turn this party inside out. Uh, and uh, you know what, Jason, I'll give full respect to Katrina Hodgkinson and the other Nationals MPs that, MPs that crossed the floor. They would not vote for this disgusting legislation. Um, the, they've got more integrity in their left little pinky finger than Mike Baird will ever have or Troy Grant. And uh, look, good on you guys. Uh, Katrina Hodgkinson, great respect for her. You know, she's a fantastic fighter for the people, great representative for her constituency. And, uh, I remember look, when I gave her a bollocking in regards to she was the primary industries minister when they uh, uh, suspended public land hunting. I must have had about 10, probably 12 letters. But by the end of it, I was hearing from, I think it was Tim Scott, her chief of staff, by the end of it. And pretty much by the end of it, it was like, well, Jason, this is finalizing. To, to, be, to be fair on her, I mean, you know, she was, I guess, probably under a lot of pressure from the Premier uh, at the time, Barry O'Farrell, really. He was instrumental in that. So, um, look, uh, I understand completely, um, but, uh, you know, well, we got public land hunting back, so they recognise that it's good policy and they overturned uh, that decision and we got it back. And, uh, look, it's just unbelievable. Uh, this decision can't stand. We simply can't just say, oh, well, shrug our shoulders and there goes Greyhound Racing. We've got to fight this and we've got to show the Premier that we're, 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 we can kick back. We are capable of uh, having a voice and we are capable of sending in packing. And that's what you've got to do, guys. The next New South Wales state election, you've got to send this premier packing. And you know what, Jason? Just want to give some credit to Luke Foley because Luke Foley's also been standing up. The New South Wales Labor, op- Labor op- opposition. opposition Labor. He has been standing up. He's been fighting this tooth and nail. Uh, so all the credit, Robert Borsak, Luke Foley doing fantastic job. I uh, never thought I'd say great job, Labor. <laughs> you know, but I only voted Labor time. once. I said that. There's a first show, time. Didn't I? Yeah. There's a first time for everything. I was 18. I voted. I just turned 18 <laughs> and I voted Labor. Yeah, that was because my parents voted Labor. I just, you know, just, yeah, of course, you, of course, you're yeah, very. At 18, you know, not many people know anything about, about politics. politics. Exactly. Sometimes I hate it because I just think. You know, 35 years old, I just get more and more, more cynical as life goes on, the older you get, and the more stuff yeah. you see, like this injustice that we're seeing right now. But anyway, we'll keep you followed up on that, and uh, we'll just get into the next topic. All right, this is a good one. Muzz is going to love this one. I'm not sure if he's read it yet. So anyway, guys, we're just going to go into the uh, news. We've got some news stories. Absolutely. Gun levy to counter Trump. The Australian.com.au. Uh, you know, we all know Tim Fisher. He sold us out in... Uh, 1996 in regards to gun laws, siding with John Howard. He was a Nationals, the head of the Nationals. Now, he says, if President Trump rips up trade agreements and takes US out of the World Trade Organization, Australia and other nations should retaliate by imposing a gun safety levy on America matched to the level of massacres there, says former Trade Minister Tim Fisher. <laughs> this is just, you can't even write this stuff. The guy's on crack. The Seriously. former Nationals leader and Deputy Prime Minister will use a speech today to warn that Donald Trump presidency would be a disaster for world trade. Then he goes on to say, in 2015, there were 372 killings defined as gun massacres in the US, uh, Fisher says. Now, going over to the next page, he also says, yes, it is an unusual proposal that will infuriate the National Rifle Association and the US, but at present, you are 15 times more likely to be shot dead in the US than in Australia per capita. The gun poison and policy dysfunctionality of the USA is now so bad, our human rights miles from the USA are impacted. 
He then goes on to say, Mr. Fisher says, it's estimated that about two-thirds of the crimes in Mexico involve firearms illegally imported from the USA. Like, he even admits up the top, it sounds like an, basically an unusual and outrageous proposal. But then he it goes is. on to think it's actually serious and legitimate. This guy, honestly, he's a complete left-wing nutter. He used to be normal, turned into a complete left-wing nutter since '96. And is a complete globalist. I mean, it's pretty clear. He just wants Hillary Clinton to win. He wants more gun restrictions. Um, just, you know, he deserves uh, a silent room, Jason. Hopefully he'll get one. <laughs> oh, unbelievable. I, I kind of think he will actually be taking seriously talking about uh, this kind of stuff. It's but incredible. It, this one's for our fishing friends. Fishing licenses fee jump. Now, this is by Chris McLennan of the Weekly Times. This is back in... June, but I think it was important to talk about because, as most of us know, I'm totally against the the, the fishing tax oh, or no. AKA the fishing license. I think a lot of us were younger. Um, basically, fishing license has put you know basically people that would hunt sorry hunt fish a couple of times a year out of business. You know, mums and dads well, taking yeah, their kids exactly. down to the local park. Yes, it you know, does it go to some things, but I know people that are out off Sydney where they're supposed to be fishing on dive wrecks or wrecks that are there specifically to cater for fishing. Right, yep. That they can't fish there because people are scuba diving there, which is fine. They're allowed to scuba dive there, but then people can't fish there. You know, Look, and, and, uh, and they're using the money for grants that potentially could be going to places or organisations that are against fishing. Look, Jason, it's it's just a complete dog's breakfast. I mean, if you support the fishing tax or license or whatever you want to call it, it's a tax. Um, then you should really, really, really do some research. Really think about it. Uh, think about what you're supporting. Uh, think about what they're doing with your money. Think about the more and more restrictions that's being imposed on you while you pay. <laughs> while you pay. Pre- okay. Previous, um, a previous Labor, uh, head of Labor, John Robertson, my local area of Blacktown here in Western Sydney. Uh, I live in a neighbouring suburb. He, he was trying to lock out a lot of Sydney Harbour. And I'm paying him, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, to go fishing. And they want to ban it. Ah, oh, look, it's, oh, it makes me mad. Sorry, mate. It's a, I get it's pretty. A, look, uh, mate. I, I, I feel. I feel. You know. I feel the, the rage. My blood pressure goes up when I, I hear I about the rage. I'm paying them and they're trying to lock me out. I mean, just think about that. I'm paying them and they're trying to lock me out of what yeah. I'm paying for. Well, listen. Hopefully, the vast majority. This of, is what happens, Omar. Sorry, to interrupt. This is what happens when you start paying for something, right? That should be there. Why can't I go there? Once if I'm homeless, I want to go for a fish. I've got a pole. I want to eat. I want to be able to get my own food. It's now illegal for me to go and get my own food. Mate, they will enforce more restrictions onto fishermen. They'll lock you out of more areas, and you know what? They're going to use your own money to do it. The more and more people that wake up to this stuff, especially the Shooters and Fishers Party in New South Wales that support this crap, uh, the more people that wake up to it, uh, let me tell you, the better off we'll be. But in the meantime, I can tell you right now, they're just going to use your money to enforce more regulations. And you know what? You'll be paying for the pleasure. Yeah, all right, so let's go into the quick article. It says, the price of recreational fishing license will increase from July 1st and extra revenue will be spent on boosting recreational fishing. Well, yeah, okay. I'm sure that can happen. Uh, the current two-day license costing $6 will be replaced by a three-day license worth $10 and a 28-day license will increase from $12 to $20. Oh, jeez. A one-year license would rise from $24.50 to $35 in line with New South Wales license fees. When they say tax fees. And a three-year license would res- uh, raise from $66 to $95 now. 95 bucks yep. just to f- throw a line in for yep. three years. Yep. I mean, Fisheries yeah. Victoria Executive Director Travis Downing said the extra extra cents raised to be spent on projects that 
benefit recreational fishing. Yeah, okay, we've been told that before. These projects, Cotlam and the state government's target of one million plan, which aims to get more people fishing more often, Mr Dowling said. Well, the more the restrictions they keep putting on us, how, how is that actually going to happen? Oh, yeah, I mean, raise the prices. That'll get more people fishing. <laughs> Seriously? Unbelievable. <laughs> That's just... The, the mind-numbing stupidity of some of these, the things they say is incredible. I mean, fishing was fine and perfectly healthy and uh, really a, a, a wonderful recreation for the whole family to enjoy before the fishing tax. It was perfectly fine. And now we somehow need to have a, a license system and, you know, we need to pay fishing taxes and we need all these restrictions and all that. Look, I smell BS and it's not in your favour, let me tell you. And it's going to get to a point soon where, you know, they're just going to terrorize you for your recreation. They're going to have all sorts of people out there on beaches and wharves and all that trying to book you for, oh, my, you've got you know, too many fish or you've got, oh, there's one that's undersized. That's it. That's a $400 fine. <laughs> yeah, like, or something like that. It's just unbelievable. Like, I mean, seriously. And so, anyway, but there's a lot of fish shows that support this stuff. So, go figure. Yep, um, we've got one in here too. This is, uh, what's this one? Gun control looked at in policing summit. And this is about Troy Grant. This was uh, news.com, uh, yahoo.com, I should say. Now, it's got uh, gun control looked at in policing summit. Issues surrounding rapid fire shotguns on the Australian market must be dealt with. Uh, illegal firearms remain Australia's biggest gun problem, New South Wales Deputy Premier Troy Grant says. Now, I'm still not happy with Mr. Troy Grant at the moment. Mr. Troy Grant is also the state's police minister, says the classification and capacity of the controversial Adler shotgun needed to be addressed once the federal election is out of the way. He said we have to make sure, if they are allowable, that they are classified the right way so they are only being used for the purpose uh, by responsible and checked out firearms owners. Well, what does that mean for the purpose and for the right people the right way? I don't really just, understand what that actually means. Just more political speak. More political speak. However, he said, the flood of illegal firearms into the country remain the critical gun control issue. The challenge we face in New South Wales is not the legal registered guns or legal registered owners. Less than 2% are reflected in crime-related activity, he said on Wednesday. Our challenge is obviously illegal guns coming over the border, etc., etc. Uh, and basically needs to target those illegal guns. So at least he says the right thing. I'm still not happy with this guy in regards to the Greyhound ban. Um, I think he's you know, sold out his constituents, but I mean, you know, I wonder what's happening. Look, I think, the, I think the clock the clock is ticking on Troy Grant and uh, Mike Baird, and hopefully it'll run it'll run out of time for them soon. Coming this uh, by election in uh, in Orange, I've got an article here from the Land <laughs> Land dot com dot au. You got Miss Katrina Hodgkinson and Mister Galuptus cross the floor to vote against the coalition Greyhound Racing ban uh, early Wednesday morning this week, as did uh, Barwon MP Kevin Humphreys. So it was Kevin Humphreys Galuptus. Katrina Hodgkinson, dead of three nationals that actually had some bottle, as uh, Ray Halley likes to say. I like that, I like that term, bottle. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually had the guts to represent their constituency. Shock horror. And, you know, weren't scared of the of the consequences and weren't scared to Mike Baird's bully boy tactics. So good on you guys. Uh, much respect to you uh, from the Australian Hunting Podcast. Stick up for your constituency. And Jason, you know, what really makes makes me sick is to hear all the time on Talkback Radio that the vast majority of the nationals do not support the ban. Well, where were they? Where were they when when the vote was on? They voted for the ban. Exactly. Where were they when the vote was on and it was time to stand up for what you believe? Like, I mean, is there anyone with guts? 
Is anyone with guts in the nationals to actually, you know, do well, do what's on. right? It's just unbelievable. There, I mean, there, there was, but they got relieved of their parliamentary secretary well, position, exactly. which was a reduction in pay of over thirty thousand dollars overnight, which is basically a hey, a slap on the wrist. Slap on the wrist. Well, yeah, don't th- do that in future. Otherwise, it'll same thing. There goes your career. Exactly. They're trying to make Mike Baird's trying to make an example of him and shows you the dysfunction of our uh, state government. And anyway, it goes on to say New South Wales Nationals MP Chris. Uh, Galaptus and Katrina Hoskinson have been removed from their roles as parliamentary secretaries. They have been replaced by party mates Adam Marshall and Bronnie Taylor. So, you know, it's just unbelievable, mate. This is this is a complete, you know, pardon the pun, dog's breakfast, uh, the Greyhound Racing Ban, and it needs to be overturned. It needs to be overturned ASAP, and Mike Baird needs to go as Premier. This Premier is dangerous. He's... Um, He's, the way he does stuff, Jace, as I said in the uh, radio interview, mate, Kim Jong-il, or Kim Jong-un or whatever his name is, he must be taking notes, mate. He must be saying, geez, this Mike Brad's doing all right. I'm taking notes from this bloke. It's unbelievable. Yep, mate. Next one. This one's a <laughs> – we might finish off with one of, the, one of these two. Police search reveals 20-centimetre rifle bolt in suspect's anus. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Warwick police were surprised hang yesterday. On. Oh, hang yes, on. Yes, hang yes, on. Let yes. me recover from that. And look, they've got to hang that, on. Hey, look, got that's a, not a prank, is it? I know people can't see this, but there's a picture Where's that of from? A, Where's that from? Just say, this is the dailyexaminer.com.au. Examiner. Jeez, that's credible. One of the... Well, <laughs> well they got the rifle bolt in the plastic bag. Yeah, well, thank God it's in the plastic bag. Hasn't, I'm not sure you need a hazmat, hazmat now, term for that. If you look at it, it's like the, there's a picture of the bolt in a little bag, like a little Ziploc bag with a $10 note indicating its size. Now, it says Warwick police were surprised yesterday when they discovered a suspect uh, secret hiding spot for his weapon. During a strip search, the 21-year-old man police said they noticed something poking out of his anus. <laughs> <laughs> For further inf- sorry, further I can't even read this. For further information about the insertion, extraction, and what triggered the man to insert a twenty centimeter long piece of heavy metal inside extraction. his extraction. Right? I can't read this. Insert a twenty centimeter long piece of heavy metal inside his rectum were unclear. Well, obviously it's unclear. I mean, I didn't want to get caught, I'm guessing, with a rifle bolt. Jesus okay, Christ. he says, the man has been charged with weapons offences as a rectum is not an approved storage facility. That's what it says. I'm not joking. Look, that's what it says. That's what it says. I didn't know you had to store rifle bolts. Not the bum anyway. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. And then, yeah, obviously to make a bit more Look, of a stop joke. stop it. Stop it. <laughs> obviously, this guy here says, uh, to, to finish off, it says, police hope to get to the bottom of this mystery in the coming days. <laughs> Look at Mario. He's crying here, man. Get, I'm going to chuck this paper at you. What are you doing? So, Are you for real? Well, that's what it says, mate. That's what it says. That's I don't make fair, up these things. Is that a fair dinkum story? Fair dinkum story. A daily exam. It's not the onion side, is it? I hope I haven't just been punked. I really hope I haven't been punked. Uh... God. So, guys, <clears throat> that's one of our shows. We're just trialling me and Mario when we're here actually uh, doing the show. about We've had some longer shows, and I want your opinions. Send me an email, please. Do you like the, the long version mm. of the Straight Shooting Podcast? You know, one and a half hours, two hours, somewhere around there? Or do you like the shorter ones, more regular? What do you enjoy? Because we're actually yep. here today, and we're going to probably be recording uh, two to three shows Yep. and release them a bit more regular than we normally do with the straight shooting. I think with the last one was about four or five shows ago. 
So do you prefer the long format? Do you prefer the short format? Um, we've got a few shows coming up as well. I've uh, done an interview with um, Graham Park and David Brown from the Shooters Union when I was in Queensland. So that's coming up. Yeah. Uh, we've got another interview coming up, and we're going to read the uh, on one of our next shows uh, in regards to uh, some more interviews we've got coming up. So that's going to be fantastic. We've got uh, more Everyday Hunters coming up. Mate, we're just really hitting the hitting the goalpost, so to speak. Uh, you probably, when you hear this show, you would have heard one of our shows with uh, Sav Manjin from the Foul Talkers on more duck hunting. So we're going to have some more hunting podcasts. Jason's coming as well. going to be going down to the ducks. Yes, yeah, soon, I'm going to get so. out of the ducks. I've got a massive three months coming up. I'm going to head for the ducks for about a week and a half in November mm. uh, at, at Christmas time. Going to Queensland, visit family again. Uh, and then sometime in, I think, about the 7th or 8th of January, I'm heading down to uh, Malakuta again in Victoria. Mars always laughs at me when I say it. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be going, doing a bit of fishing, do some brim fishing with my mate and his family, go down there for about three weeks. So. Jason's going to cash in on his fishing taxes. <laughs> so I've got no choice. The amount of time I've been out there, I've never actually been checked for a fishing license. I wonder what the fine is anyway. But no. I'm a bit of a sucker. I don't, I, I'm not really a civil disobedient sometimes kind of guy, only because of the show that I do. Uh, and obviously, you know, again, mas- imagine that in the newspaper, podcasting Selms doesn't get fishing license you know, or something <laughs> along that, you know, you could just imagine it, couldn't you? Uh, so we've got heaps coming up again, write in guys, send your emails, send your voicemails. If you want to be part of the show uh, that, you know, greatly appreciated, you know, call up. We're actually going to be running in the future as well. Uh, in regards to our live call-ins, what we're going to do is we're going to ask people for to send us a PM on Facebook or send us a message with your phone number at australianhuntingpodcast.gmail.com. We'd just like a little 30-second excerpt about what you want to talk about. And what we'll do is when we actually do the straight shooting podcast, I'll call you the day before. We'll have a small discussion. And then what we're going to do then is we'll actually call you when we're actually recording the show and we'll have yep. a chat. just makes it a bit easier than trying to you know, record stuff when people actually call in, not knowing who's calling. We, thankfully, we haven't had any, I won't say idiot, you know, prank callers, so to speak, uh, ringing up and just you know, being a bit silly on the show. We haven't had that, so I'm trying to avoid that just in case. Send, send us your uh, phone number. Send us a little bit of a write-up, uh, either on Facebook or at AustralianHuntingPodcast.gmail.com or the contact link on the website. And I'll give you a buzz, and then we'll have you on the show live uh, doing phone calls and uh, having a chat about discussions you want to have a chat about. Now, Jason, before we go, there's one particular event I want to draw everyone's attention to. Now, one of the local hunting clubs in my area, the Zastava Hunting Club, um, uh, they're having their annual picnic on 16th of October. Uh, and uh, there, there's going to be a, a big bull on the spit. There's going to be venison stew. There's going to be just a get-together of like-minded people that love in, uh, the great outdoors, love hunting. What back um, are they? Serbian? Is that, um, is that yeah. Middle Eastern or is that European? No, Middle Eastern. Wake up. So I don't know. I'm, <laughs> oh, that makes me sound bad. Does it? Do you're a European? No, nah, well, look, no offence to all our Middle Eastern listeners. I'm just, no. I'm just commenting on Jason's lack of geographical no, I know, knowledge. I'm terrible. <laughs> I keep mucking around. I keep mucking around. My friend at work, he's Maltese, and I go, that's Middle Eastern, isn't it? And he goes, what? You don't even know where, you know, Malta is. <laughs> and then Leban- I keep saying, like, I've got a few Lebanese friends, and I keep saying, you know, oh, that's European, Lebanese. They're in European. He goes, mate, it's, yeah, it's in the Middle East, you idiot. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my Geog- God. Geography wasn't Jason's, uh, I, I guess, strong point at school. Surprisingly, but anyway- I actually did geography at school. <laughs> two, two unit geography as well. And I still don't well, know anything. Oh, well, God. Unbelievable. Two units. Uh, <laughs> which oh, two units? Unbelievable. You're, in a, that's <laughs> it. You're, you're out of this podcast in the future, mate. Uh, well, anyway, listen, um, uh, Sastava having uh, their annual picnic. And I was just in contact this morning um, with uh, Dragan, who's one of the um, uh, people behind the organization. And they do a lot of great stuff. They have a fantastic club 
And uh, what we're going to do, Jason, we're just going to uh, get on a blower. Uh, to Dragan, and he can uh, uh, tell you guys about the picnic and about uh, what they what they do and about the fun activities to be had at the picnic and the get together. So, all you guys that are in Southwest Sydney area, uh, Brinjelli, I think it is that's where that's where it's going to be. Uh, who are you know who want to come along for the day and uh, meet up with like minded people? You're all welcome. Uh, have a look at their uh, Facebook site. Uh, Zastava Hunting, and all the details are there. And uh, we're just going to get on a blower to Dragan. Okay, Dragan, just uh, if you wouldn't mind, mate, just tell us about Zastava Hunting Club and tell us what you do and tell us about the upcoming picnic. Yes, yes. We uh, we established the Zastava Hunting Association in 2013. Yep. And we've got about 300 to 400 members at the moment. And we're having a picnic this month, 16th. It's going to be all-day event, Sunday. And you can find all the details on Zastava Facebook page. Right. Anybody welcome. It's free entry, free food. Yep. Just to have a good time with the fellow hunters. Yep. What and sort of food will be on offer, Dragon? What sort of food you got going on there? I love my uh, food, mate. I know you probably guys do too. Get into the food. Yeah, we're going to do venison stew. It's going to be a barbecue. It's going to be about six, seven uh, lamb spits. Wow. It's going to be a <laughs> wow. bull on the spit. A bull. <laughs> awesome. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, great. Last time we had about six, seven hundred people turn up. So How many? Six or seven hundred? Wow. Yeah, last time. Unbelievable. Uh, so there you go. That's a pretty big event, Jason. And I reckon we should go, yeah. mate. Yeah, yeah, why not? Seven hundred. I'll be competing with seven hundred people to get my 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 teeth into that uh, bull on the spit <laughs> or the you know whatever they got there. Yeah, and they also also we got a raffle coming up uh, with the good prizes on it. And the first first prize is a rifle. Wow, raffles! Like, rifle awesome. You got to be obviously licensed and a yep. club member. To enter the enter the drive for the gun, right. yeah. So no rifle, he says they got to yeah, basically enter the enter the, to win a rifle. That's awesome, fantastic. Of course. Mate. Just tell us yeah, a bit yeah. more about Zastava Hunting Club, and because um, I'm I'm from Sydney, uh, Southwest Sydney area as well. Uh, where yeah. are you guys located? What's the address for the uh, for the picnic? Uh, for the picnic, it's nine sixteen uh, Brinjilly Road, Rosemore. Okay, so Brinjilly Road, Rosemore. Picnic. That's the picnic where yeah. we're having picnic. But we are every Thursday. We've got a like a firearm safety course and our license course on uh, on Elizabeth Drive, Elizabeth Drive Sports Club, Boring right. Sports Club there. Yep. And we've got an office up upstairs. Uh, anybody that needs our license, firearm license, stuff like that, can oh, come and see us, you know. Oh, well, there you go, Jason. We were just previously talking on the show about uh, getting your R license and all that. So so that's fantastic. Yep. I mean, if anyone hasn't got an R license uh uh, that really interested in getting one. If you're in Southwest Sydney, uh, Sydney uh, Zastava Hunting Club can definitely help you out. Yeah, if, if uh, drug, if they want to ring you up or they want to uh, book a, a license test in, have you got a number there for them to give you a call on? They don't. They don't have to book. They just got to turn up every. We are there every Thursday from seven pm. Yep, perfect. They turn up there. We go on from then. What about you, Dragon? What do you like hunting, mate? What do you What do you enjoy hunting? What sort of species of animals? <laughs> I, I'm I'm obsessed with deer hunting. <laughs> so, hey, Dragon, so, so is Jason, but just the deer are not obsessed with him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I uh, four years, Drago, I still can't get a deer. I'm still struggling, but I've had my opportunities. But hey, one day success yeah. will be mine, mate. One day success will be mine. Of course, of course. You just got to put the time and effort in, it, and you got to love it to do this. That's it. True. Yeah, you're right, mate. Well, you know mate. I mean? th- yep. Thank, thanks, mate. We appreciate you coming on to tell us a bit about Zastava and what they yeah. do. And if you want to get involved, guys, head out. What and it was on the 16th, Mars, for the barbecue? Sunday, 16th October. Is that correct, Dragon? Yes, 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 yes. 16th of this month, yes. What time? What time is it? Uh, uh, roughly, it's going to start. It's going to start roughly around uh, 10 o'clock, but... 
10 you o'clock. Know, woke him any time and he's going to finish probably 10, 11 o'clock in the evening. Wow. It's all, all day events. We've got a, we've got a jumping castle for kids and stuff like that, you know. Wow. Yeah. What are you going to cook the, uh, or the meat over? What, you got coals there or you got uh, charcoal? Uh, or what are you cooking over? Uh, the lamb are cooked in the, like a barbecue feed, but the, the actual bull is cooked on the fire, you know what I mean? Outside. Nice. Uh, that's, a, that's a big, I think it's going to be two of them. We're not sure. We'll see how many people turn up. So fantastic, mate! Look, well, thank you very much for coming onto the show, the Australian Hunting Podcast, and uh, and telling us all about this great event. So we're very happy to help out all local hunting organisations, and are very happy to promote you guys. So good on yep. you, mate! Thanks very much. Thank you very much to you too. Yeah, okay, guys, you just heard from Dragon, and uh, I hope you guys get out there uh, on 16th of October and just have some fun uh, at the local um, Zastava Hunting Club picnic. And, uh, guys, that's it for today's show, and I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Uh, Jason, you got anything more to add? No, that's it. Uh, again, a bit more of a short format, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, yeah, just lots coming up, guys. Just stay tuned. I, think, I don't think we're going anywhere. Me and Muzz are going to be here for quite some time. We're not going anywhere. Oh, no, we've we, got plenty we, of material. Plenty of material. We like what we do. We like this show. We're really starting to build right up now. And it's really getting at that level, which is absolutely fantastic. So, as usual, my name is Jason Selms. And I'm Mario Vlatko. See you guys next time. You're listening to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on the AHP Digital Radio Network. As always, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.